Oh, my God. 
minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
קלות על יום שמחתי. בגדי שש עם שנים, והתבוננו מזקניים. שבת, שבת, שבת היום להשם. אוי שבת, שבת, שבת היום להשם. מהו את המנה? לעשות את דבר אסתר וחישבו עם הקונה לשלם החול ויותר בתחובי אמוני ושטויין משמני שבת, שבת שבת היום להשם, אוי שבת, שבת, שבת היום להשם. הנה יום גאולה, יום שבת אם תשמעו, ואיתם לי סגולה. ואחר תעבורו, ואז תחיו לפניי, ותמלו צפוני. שבת, שבת, שבת היום להשם. אוי, שבת, שבת, שבת היום להשם. שבת, שבת, שבת היום להשם. שבת, שבת, שבת היום להשם.
Elohim Kodesh Hu Ashrei Ayin Ra'at Hu Lev Chacham Yaskil Bihu Adonayno Bar Yochai Baruch Hu Miti Elyon Kodesh Hu
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You think we'll be hearing that song on Lagba Omer morning? Do you suspect we may have that selection in the repertoire from our amazing super band that's going to be together with us Lagba Omer morning? Those of you who haven't yet seen it, I'm referring, of course, to the flyer, the announcement, the information that was released pretty late last night. We thought we'd get to it earlier. Finally, we got final approval on everything pretty late last night and uh, made it public. And uh, what are we referring to? We're referring to our plans for Lagba Omer, the live music extravaganza, a jam in the AM that'll go from six in the morning on Friday, April the 30th, Lagba Omer. Three weeks from today, right? Yeah, three weeks from today. It'll go from uh, 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. Friday morning, a live musical extravaganza. Our JM and the AM Lagba Omer live music extravaganza with Avram Rosenblum, Star of Diaspora, and the Diasperados. Talk about... uh, Talk about a super band. This will be a super band. Friday morning, April the 30th, 6 to 11 a.m. will be, of course, on NahumSiegel.com. You can watch the whole thing on our website. You can watch the whole thing on Facebook Live. You can watch the whole thing on Instagram Live. It's a five-hour special. There'll be a special feature, a special jam with Avram Rosenblum and Aryeh Kunstler, which will be really cool. And all of this is brought to you in addition to the Nahum Siegel Network by our friends at Mizrahi. Our friends at the uh, amazing movement that continues to accomplish so much. Mizrahi, Religious Zionists of America. Mizrahi, Religious Zionists of America present the Lagba Omer live musical extravaganza. (laughs) And it's going to be a lot of fun. I did mention yesterday that uh, we um, we would explain how people could actually be there if you want to be at the event when the um, band is playing and Avram Rosenblum is jamming and uh, all these diaspora hits and many other great selections are being played. Uh, email us, and we'll let you know exactly how that works. Email us, nachum at nachumsegel.com, nachum, N-A-C-H-U-M, at nachumsegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L.com. And again, uh, Mizrahi, the Religious Zionists of America, present our JM and the AM Lagba Omer live music extravaganza uh, like nothing else. The reaction we've gotten so far from the social media and the uh, WhatsApp posts that we have, um, that we have um, sent out overnight is really amazing. People are very, very excited about the show, about the band, about the concept, and the fact that Friday Log Bomer, everybody around the world will have something to do now. Everyone always thinks Friday Like Bomer is the worst because <laughs> because you can't really get out there and uh, and do what you would normally like to do on uh, Like Bomer. Well, here you'll have an opportunity to be in the comfort of your own home or anywhere in the world and watch all the proceedings. In Israel, obviously, it'll be from uh, 1 till 6 p.m. For us here, it'll be 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. Simon said to me, because Simon's planning on being in America toward the end of April, he said, finally, I have a, I have a reason to be happy to be in America for Log Bomer. Because <laughs> uh, he'll, he'll probably be at the event itself. So we are looking forward to an amazing morning. It's three weeks from today. Spread the word. The flyer's out. When you see it, just let everybody know about it. 
And uh, we together will be enjoying an amazing musical performance and a great morning together. Uh, Lagba Omer in a five-hour JM in the AM, a musical extravaganza. And a big, big thank you to Mizrahi Religious Zionists of America. Ari Rockoff and everybody on his uh, staff and board that are responsible for bringing the event to you. Uh, it, it's interesting. When you think about it, there's a handful of... Um, there's a handful of uh, organizations and efforts that have given us really, really unique opportunities over the last uh, few years um, to do special things and have special events. And Mizrahi, both World Mizrahi and uh, RZA have been in that category, boy, like nobody's business. I mean, they are just uh, uh, encouraging, great, unifying, fun uh, inspiring events, and we are looking forward to a great Lagba Omer with them. So again, it's three weeks from today. Avram Rosenblum's getting ready. I spoke to him last night. He has an amazing band. It's all everything's set. I mean, all the members of the band are set. the The schedule we're going to finish up this coming Sunday. It's going to be a real. When we say extravaganza, we mean extravaganza. It's going to be an amazing morning, and you'll be able to watch, look in, see the live stream, and just enjoy. Phenomenal Jewish music with some of the hits. Well, Bar Yochai is, you know, that's a little bit of a later one. But, I mean, the classics and the hits that Avram Rosenblum can bring to you with his band. Oh, my gosh. It is going to be a very, very special morning. We've dreamt for years of doing some type of diaspora-themed uh, event. We've, we've dreamt about this for years. And uh, while this is not the original band, obviously, the, the, you know, the situation today is not going to uh, allow for that to, to easily put that together. But, uh, but this is really the next best thing, and uh, it's a very, very exciting project. So get ready, everyone. Three weeks from today, the live music extravaganza <laughs> coming at you. Brought to you by Mizrahi, RZA, the Religious Zionists of America, and we are getting ready for an amazing, amazing morning. I know, it's not even Rosh Chodesh ER yet, and we're already in, in the frame of mind of getting ready to celebrate Lagba Omer. Well, that's good. I'm glad it's like that, frankly. Friday morning on this April 9th, the 26th of Nissan, you heard the Bar Yochai song, that was Diaspora. Shabbos Hayom was Udi Davidi. Dvekis with Kari Bona, Mikdash Melech. Coming home, that was Shalshelas. Kolachai with Aishas Chayel and Vizakenu. Atata, that was Avremel, Avram Fried. And, of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Thanks to listener Morris commented on the app this morning. Thank you to listener Tikva. We say Shabbat Shalom to her. It's Friday on this April 9th, day 26 in the month of Nisan. That's got to be wrong, right? It's got to be 27, yeah. It is the 9th of April, but it's 27. Because today is supposed to be Yom HaShoah because the Shabbos was moved to yesterday. And I want to thank everybody who heard our Yom HaShoah programming. We got a tremendous reaction to what we did yesterday on the air, and that is much, much appreciated, to say the least. 27th of Nissan, the year 5781. Today is day number 12 in the counting of the Omer. Today is day number 12 in the counting of the Omer. One week and five days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. It's Erev Shabbos Parsha Shmini with candle lighting time at 7.09 on this Erev Shabbos here in New York. Again, Erev Shabbos Parsha Shmini. 7.09 is candle lighting time. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh ER will be Monday 
and Tuesday. Rosh Chodesh ER will be Monday and Tuesday as we get set for the brand new month. Again, we bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. We also start Pirkei Avos. If you're not familiar with that custom, consult with your local rabbi. Perek Aleph, Chapter 1, would be the one that we uh, recite and learn this coming Shabbos. 50 degrees, 80% humidity, winds are east at 2 miles per hour. Mix of sun and clouds today with a high of 58. And tonight, cloudy, maybe a shower, low 15. Tomorrow morning showers and a high of 62 degrees. 63 in Yerushalayim, 50 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. By the way, I got to thank Mark Zomick. <laughs> we, we, we get a lot of people listening to JMNAM every day, and I'm very happy about that, to say the least. You can imagine keeping this going for three and a half decades is a great feeling, and I thank everybody. But we get such an amazing lead-in from Mark Zomick because of the encore at 3 a.m. Eastern time of the Erev Shabbos show. Such an incredible lead-in. So I have to say thank you, Mark, for the original show every single week. Thank you to the folks at Kedem for sponsoring it every single week. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in and enjoying it and sticking with us here at JM and the AM. It is an amazing lead-in for us, and I don't take that for granted. Not at all. Really, really cool to see how many people are sticking around overnight and, of course, in places like Israel and other places around the world during the day on an Arab Shabbos in order to uh, be part of this and uh, continue listening throughout the entire morning. It's really, really cool. So a big thank you on that. Uh, Uncle Maishi, his brand-new Shabbos Kodesh song, Friday, JM in the AM on this Erev Shabbos. Thanks for joining us, everybody, here at the Nahum Siegel Network. In just six days, Hashem made the world so great. He rested on the seventh day for Shabbos. We can't wait. On Friday night, the candles bright. Oh, what a sight. Friends, join our family as we all unite. Ay, 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 Shabbos, Kodesh, our day of rest. Shabbos, Kodesh, the day that we love best. Shabbos, Kodesh, with family. Shabbos Kodesh for you and me. Shabbos Kodesh, our day of rest. Shabbos Kodesh, the day that we love best. Shabbos Kodesh with family. Shabbos Kodesh for you and me. Boys and girls, let's shout out together the days of the week as we are waiting for Shabbos. Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Shabbos! In just six days, Hashem made the world so great. He rested on the seventh day for Shabbos, we can't wait. On Friday night, the candle's bright, oh what a sight. Friends join our family as we all unite. Ay, 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 Shabbos, Kodesh, our day of rest. Shabbos. Oh, you got
gone by become a memory so throw away your hammer there's nothing left to do go on home and find a gift that's waiting there for you
One peaceful Friday night The table decked in white The gloom and darkness of gallows Seem lost in the candle's light Entranced by the brilliant glare A young boy pondered and stared He dreamed of a world of Kiddusha Where Shabbos is kept To sing the song of Shabbos The whole world is waiting To sing the song of Shabbos The flowers and the trees Sing the song of Shabbos The valley and the mountains Sing the song of Shabbos And I am also To his knapsack with his long and curly hair Stood there for a while Broke out with a smile Emotion, overwhelming joy with tears The men were dancing there Their hearts so full of love They sang such happy tunes 
to thank the one above for showing them the way, for giving them a day to rest, rejoice with peace of mind to pray. Sunsets over the clouds as the world stands so still, not a sound. JM in the AM. Shabbos Medley from Baruch Levine. The album is called Off the Record, and the reaction continues to pour into our major announcement in regard to what's happening three weeks from today. The JM and the AM Lagba Omer Jewish Musical Extravaganza brought to you by Mizrahi RZA, the Religious Zionists of America. Uh, it'll be a five-hour presentation from 6 to 11 a.m. And uh, it'll feature Avram Rosenblum of Diaspora and uh, many other great guests and surprises, I am sure. It'll feature an amazing band, and it'll feature a fantastic way to celebrate Lagba Omer around the world with everybody. And I certainly hope that uh, you'll be part of it, and you'll be watching and enjoying. You'll be able to see it on our website, on Instagram, on Facebook. We'll have a chance to speak to Avram Rosenblum uh, in advance of the event, of course. Find out what he'll be incorporating uh, in musically that morning. Should be amazing. Should be absolutely amazing. Golly, it's all in the background. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's all Israel Army Radio. 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday is next. Boker Tov from Jam the ראשי האוניברסיטאות מלבד אוניברסיטת אריאל ובאוניברסיטת בר אילן מגנים את החלטת שר החינוך יואב גלנט לשלול את הענקת פרס ישראל מפרופסור עודד גולדרייך בגין תמיכתו בהחרמת אוניברסיטת אריאל. במכתב ששיגרו לשר הזהירו החותמים כי ההחלטה הזו יוצרת תחושה קשה שרק מי שהולך בתלם מתוגמל ומי שמעז להביע דעה מחוץ לקונצנזוס נענש. כתבתנו לענייני חינוך איילת ברון מזכירה שמוקדם יותר הבוקר שר החינוך יואב גלנט הגיב לראשונה בנושא אחרי החלטת בגץ לשלול את הפרס מפרופסור גולדרייך וכתב פרס ישראל הוא הפרס היוקרתי ביותר שמדינת ישראל מעניקה מי שהמדינה וחוקיה לא יקרים לליבו לא ראוי לפרס, כך גלנט.
ראש הממשלה נתניהו החליט על הארכת כהונתו של ראש השב"כ נדב ארגמן בכמה חודשים. הודעה זו מגיעה בהמשך לפרסום בידיעות אחרונות שלפיו שר הביטחון גנץ מתנגד לרצונו של נתניהו למנות לתפקיד ראש השב"כ את מקורבו, ראש המטה לביטחון לאומי, מאיר בן שבת. בהודעה מטעם לשכת ראש הממשלה נמסר, גנץ יודע היטב שאין אפשרות למנות ראש שב"כ חדש בממשלת מעבר, והדבר יכול להיעשות רק על ידי הממשלה החדשה שתקום. לשון התגובה ממנה הביאה כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרה וולברג. עוד מוסיף כתבנו לענייני משפט, איתי שריג, כי בתנועה לאיכות השלטון דוחים בתוקף את החלטת ראש הממשלה, ונמסר כי לנתניהו אין סמכות להאריך את כהונתו של ראש השב"כ ללא אישור ממשלה. בעקבות פשע השנאה לפנות בוקר בכפר הבדואי קמאנה בגליל, במסגרתו אלמונים נקבו צמיגים של כ-20 כלי רכב וריססו את הכתובת די להתבוללות. יושב ראש הרשימה המשותפת, חבר הכנסת איימן עודה, מגנה את האירוע ואומר על כל אזרח דמוקרטי בישראל להקשיב לקורבנות העבר ולפעול למיגור האלימות הגזענית בהווה. מארגון תג מאיר הנלחם בפשעי שנאה נכתב, מביש כי מדינת ישראל לא יודעת להגן על התושבים הערבים של המדינה המותקפים על ידי פעילי טרור יהודי, לשון התגובה. ידיעה שריכזו כתבנו דורון קדוש וקובי מנדל. מזג האוויר מעונן חלקית, תחול ירידה בטמפרטורות והן תהיינה נמוכות מהרגיל העונה, ייתכן טפטוף עד גשם קל בצפון הארץ ולאורך מישור החוף. מחר יהיה דומה. ולסיום, סיזר, הכלב, המשרת ביחידת הכלבנים במשמר הגבול, זכה למספר העיטורים הגבוה ביותר של אמצעי לחימה. בפעילות מבצעית שהתקיימה באזור חברון, חשף סיזר כמות רבה של רימוני רסס וחומרי נפץ שהוסלקו באדמה. רב סמל מתקדם, הכלבן צבי בלומברג, מספר, ישנם הרבה כלבים שפועלים לצידנו, אבל כלב עם יכולות כמו של סיזר הוא אחד למיליון. החיבור האישי בינינו תורם מאוד לביצועים של סיזר, ובכל פעם שהוא מוצא נשק, יש תחושה שגם הוא מבין שהוא מציל חיים. ידיעה שהעבירה כתבתנו, הדס שטייף. אלה החדשות בצוות, רוני ויטנברג.
J.M. in the A.M. Ellie Schwabel, Shabbos Takes Me Home is the name of that selection. Before that, Ilu Finu done by Mordechai Shapiro. Friday morning era of Shabbos on this Parsha Shmini. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh ER will be Monday and Tuesday. Candle lighting today at 7.09. Today is day number 12 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Three weeks away from our JM in the AM five-hour musical extravaganza brought to you by Mizrahi RZA, Religious Zionists of America. Three weeks from today, Lag Baomer, celebration. Get ready. Avram Rosenblum, the Diasperados, and the, what will be a music-filled and incredible Jewish music celebration. Get ready, everybody. Three weeks from today. Harry Rothenberg has words about... Um, about Parsha Shmini. Here he is at JM in the AM. The Mishkan, the tabernacle, has been built, and for the first seven days of its inauguration, Moses, Moshe, has been officiating. But on the eighth day, it's time to install his brother Aaron, Aharon, as the Kohen Gadol, the high priest. Moshe beckons Aharon to come near. Rashi, the greatest of the commentators, seizes on that phrase and wonders, why did Moshe have to encourage Aharon to come closer? And Rashi answers, because Aaron was embarrassed. So Moshe said to him, that's why you were chosen. Which sounds like there are some words missing. Moshe should have said, Aaron, don't be embarrassed. You're the best man for the job. That's why you were chosen. Why the missing words? I heard a great explanation as follows. Moshe is saying to Aaron, you're embarrassed. You're reluctant to take the position. That's why you were chosen. God doesn't want the guy who spent the most on campaign ads. He doesn't want the guy whose hand was in the air saying, ooh, ooh, call on me. He wants the person who's reluctant. 
As the sages say, if you run towards honor, honor runs away from you. But if you run away from honor, then honor pursues you. Which reminds me of my favorite public speaking story. In the 1500s, there was an incredible collection of rabbis in the mystical city of Tzfat in Israel. One of them was the Alshech, the famous speaker and writer. Another was the Arizal, the Kabbalist. One year, the Alshech got up in the synagogue to give his Shabbos Hagadol Drasha, one of his big speeches of the year. The Arizal was in attendance, and in the middle of the lecture, he got up unobtrusively and left the synagogue. Afterwards, the Alshech went straight to the books, checked everything that he had said, all his sources, and he could not find his mistake. So he went to see the Arizal, the great Makobol, and he said, please tell me what I said that was wrong. And the Arizal said, you were perfect. You didn't say anything wrong. So the Alshech said, then why did you leave? The Arizal said, let me explain. I was watching you deliver that beautiful lecture, and I can see in your face that you were enjoying the fact that it was you that was delivering such a beautiful speech. And I wasn't comfortable with that. Now, I don't think the Arizal is suggesting that you can't take any psychic satisfaction from a job well done. But what he's highlighting that particularly at that moment after you've crushed it, you've got to remind yourself that all the talent, the ability, the resources that you needed to accomplish that feat, they all came from God. You should be just as happy that it was you as you would have been had it been your friend who performed that act. The sages also tell us that in every generation, there are 36 hidden righteous people, Lamed Vavniks, 36 hidden Sadiqim, in whose merit the world continues to exist. We don't know who they are. By definition, if someone would announce that I'm one of the 36, we wouldn't believe him because that show of lack of humility would automatically disqualify the person. So you don't know when you're going to have a brush with greatness. One of those 36 could be your neighbor, could be the person you sit next to in synagogue, could be your local grocer. You don't know because they're not preening, they're not showboating, they're not self-congratulating out in public. They're quietly, humbly putting their heads down and doing the right thing, realizing that all their talents, all their abilities came from God.
how Shabbos was carried on a song. Whoa, I asked the man, I saw how many Jews in this town. He said to me, there used to be a million around. But one of us passed away and we've been feeling down. Yet now it seems as though another Jew has been found. Won't you stay with us for Shabbos, Minion Man? Oh, won't you stay with us for Shabbos, Minion Man? Please, won't you stay with us for Shabbos, Minion Man? JM in the AM, Schlock Rock, Minion Man. I want to thank Lenny again. Uh, Lenny had me on his show this week. We did a... Um, I thought it was a really... Good conversation, nice interview about uh, the last 35-plus years. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> a long time, to say the least. Anyway, I thank him uh, for including me in that. It was really, really cool. Hey, get ready, everybody. Three weeks from today, three weeks from today, the Lagba Omer musical Extravaganza. That's the only way I can think of uh, of saying it. It's going to be a real Extravaganza. It's going to be amazing, and I hope everybody out there has a... Uh, has an opportunity to join us to watch it on NahumSiegel.com, Instagram Live, um, Facebook Live. Obviously, you can hear it in all the regular places where you hear JM in the AM. It's a special five-hour JM in the AM with Avram Rosenblum and the Diasperados um, doing some amazing music and having fun for five hours with us on a Friday morning like Baomer. And we are very, very much looking forward to it. Big thank you to Mizrahi, RZA, Religious Zionists of America, for bringing the event to you. They have a massive, massive month coming up. And I'm not just talking about Yom Atzmud next week and Yom Yerushalayim on May 10th. I'm talking about a massive, massive movement coming up. And you'll know what I mean. I'm talking about real movement during a time where we have not been used to movement, especially eastward, if you know what I mean. We'll have all that information coming up here at JMM. We're looking forward to bringing it to you. And we thank them again for bringing you the uh, live musical Extravaganza on the 30th of April. Uh, coming up uh, three weeks from today. Should be amazing. More coming up at JM in the AM. Don't forget Malcolm Honeline is 10 minutes away. He's executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us coming up. Keep it here at JM in the AM. Oh.
J.M. in the A.M. with the King of Schlock, <laughs> Lenny Solomon and Simchat Chaim. Shalom Aleichem before that with Aish, or I should say Aish with Shalom Aleichem. Shlomo Kalbach's Am Yisrael Chai, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, day 12 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. It's Erev Shabbos, Parsha Shmini, candle lighting at 7.09 in New York. Rosh Chodesh E.R. is Monday and Tuesday. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh E.R. Monday and Tuesday. And we start to say... We start to say um, uh, Pirkei Avos on Shabbos, first chapter. If you're not familiar with that, consult with your local rabbi. Listener Sima on the app asks if there'll be a Celebrate Israel parade this year. No, there will not be. I don't know if they've officially announced it or not, but there will not be a Celebrate Israel parade this year, unfortunately. Hopefully in 2022, 
We'll be able to take to the streets and demonstrate our support for the state of Israel. Please, God. Please, God. Three weeks from today. Three weeks from today, we completely upend our schedule. It's our Lagba Omer JM in the AM live musical extravaganza. And it's going to be happening three weeks from today, a five-hour special with Avram Rosenblum and the Diasperados. Uh, Phenomenal music. A great morning. A big celebration. All brought to you by Mizrahi. RZA, Religious Zionists of America, and we thank them. And we are getting set for a big show. It'll be on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, of course, on our website, all the variety of audio uh, methods to listen. Um, a five-hour extravaganza for Lagba Omer coming up three weeks from today, and we are very much looking forward to it. Uh, don't forget our friends at JewishWorldReview.com are an amazing resource to print out thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world before Shabbos and read them at your leisure. Go to jewishworldreview.com. We can't recommend them enough. Great resource, jewishworldreview.com. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the conference. Of- oh, okay. It would be it would be difficult to get Malcolm on, on that phone line. Let's see if we can make an adjustment and get him back on here. Uh, Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the conference of presidents of major American... Jewish organizations will join us in a moment for the weekly update, I hope, here at JM in the AM. Let's see here if we can get this done live on the air. So the next time that someone asks if something like this ever happened on the air, I can say. All righty, I think, there we go, and I think we do have Malcolm with us live via telephone. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. And Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Uh, good morning to you, and good Arab Shabbos to everyone. So the rumors that you were among the unhappy New Yorkers who decided to move to Florida, <coughs> s- simply not true. You, you returned to New York after your Florida Pesach extravaganza. Doesn't mean I'm happy about it, but yes. <laughs> did you meet Did you meet a lot of happier people down there in the Sunshine State? Uh, certainly during the week, yes. It was a relocation of everybody I knew from New York was there anyway. So, it, uh, <clears throat> but um, it was a wonderful yontif, and that's what counts. And there is hopefully a bright future for both New York City and New York State, right? You have to be hopeful about that. We have too much of an investment. We have too much right. infrastructure. We have too many people who can't afford to move. We have so many con- considerations that um, we have to sustain the communities here. We have to look to a brighter future, rebuild and strengthen, and hopefully we'll have uh, enlightened officials who, who will get how to do that right. Yeah, please, God, please, God, uh, who are guided well and who will work with the community well. That, that's, that's another thing, by the way. You could disagree, and you have disagreed, uh, on behalf of our community as a leader with plenty of government officials, but at least you felt an air of cooperation, right? Even when you disagree, there's a, an air of cooperation and progress. And, and openness, and yeah. readiness to hear and to, to listen and not think you have all the answers and not think that uh, you can do it by diktat. Yeah, we need a <laughs> good point. We need more communication and, and, and not on social media, as you just suggested. Malcolm, a lot's happened over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I was thinking of you because I, I said probably nobody better than you can explain uh, in light of the uh, big episode just how important 
the Suez Canal is. How many times were you thinking over the last few weeks, my God, it's amazing how important that waterway is? It's absolutely true that uh, people take for granted and, and don't consider the importance of Egypt generally, uh, but also the importance of the canal and how it can become a base for sabotage that you can cause billions and billions of dollars in damage accidentally, uh, but think if they wanted to do it intentionally, right. and the um, uh, the need for alternatives, and uh, you know there were always talks of creating a canal in Israel elsewhere, um, but right now it is uh, it is really such a critical uh, waterway, and uh, people don't think about what terrorists could do in a place like that. And it's always been this way, right? You go back in history, it, it has never not had an important role in global commerce. Well, since it's constructed, right? Right, <laughs> right. right. Since its <laughs> yeah. beginning. It, it is not an ancient uh, discovery that somebody right. just rebuilt, uh, but it is. it has been very critical. It saves weeks off um, the travel time of having to go around uh, South Africa to get to, to the east. Right. I put it that way because there are commentators who are going out of their way to, to express skepticism about the fact that, it, that so much of the world's commerce and trade is dependent on that canal. But the reality is, as you just pointed out, that you know it, it was created to do exactly that. And if there were additional either alternatives or additional ways to create more of those waterways, we likely would, right? Uh, right. It's a, it's a huge undertaking. They did widen it. Um, a couple years ago, um, and you know, people have to transverse it to really understand its significance. And you also had the Panama Canal, which right. is very important. Sure. But now, with the super tankers, uh, super ships, which carry thousands of of the containers, you know, the railroad car right. like box containers. I mean, people can't even imagine how huge these things are. They, they, they have literally thousands of them on there. With plenty of traffic going on all day long. Right. Which and is the, just and it, unbelievable. These are transforming, I mean, commerce right. because of their size and, and the demand of what they need to, to... Now, I think people will start looking to size down the ships. You know, it's funny, and, and the reason I'm so fascinated by this, frankly, is probably why any common man and woman are fascinated by it. This episode, you know, it, it really made us think about how we get everything that we have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you ask the average kid where, where you know, uh, where uh, where corn comes from, and they'll tell you a can from the supermarket shelves. You know, they don't think, they don't think about where, you know, all these stuff's being imported from and how many different and a variety of things, you know, are, are being shipped and, uh, and delivered. Uh, via this method. So I, I just thought it was a big eye-opening experience for everybody uh, because you've mentioned, you know, waterways like the Suez and others uh, that are strategic points, that are points that are, you know, that have to be guarded from sabotage, uh, right? Not just the Suez. There are other uh, waterways that always have to be guarded from sabotage. And several that are right now under siege, and, and it's why I know people may glaze over when they hear us discussing sometimes the Baba Mandab, which is now, you know, part of Yemen, and where the Iranians have ships, we all have, a lot of people have ships down there now, and um, and they have bases there. The, the Turks built a base nearby because the control over these waters, these are chokeholds. You can stop all the incoming goods to, let's say, Jordan right. and to, to Saudi Arabia, to Israel, and remember the Straits of Tehran. Mm -hmm. People will remember the Six-Day War started sure. because they blocked the, the Straits of Tehran. 
And so these waterways are really critical. And Iran, we know, has designs because they've said we're going to control the entrance from the Bab al-Mandam, and we have them at the Straits of Hormuz. And, and these waterways have limited areas where ships can transverse. You don't have to block the whole thing. And, you know, this you can cut off 60% of the oil coming to the West. You can block, you know, uh, as this did. I mean, nobody could believe if you would say to somebody, you know, each day you close it, it's going to cost $10 billion. It could mm. disrupt the economies of countries. Everybody would laugh at it. I think the figure was 3% of the world economy. Uh, that I don't remember if it was a day, a week, and I, I don't remember the exact uh, statistic, but I do remember that, that they kept huge. They kept throwing around this number 3%. And when you think about it in the context of what the world economy is, it's a, a tremendous amount of value, obviously. All right, we go to the Israeli election. Uh, the latest I heard, I don't know what's changed over the last day because I didn't uh, check into it yesterday, but uh, BB has 52 seats under his uh, alliance mandate, etc., Yair Lapid, 45. Bennett is controlling seven. And three parties total are controlling 16. With this picture, the president of Israel has uh, instructed Prime Minister Netanyahu to try to form a government. Can he? So the president had no choice. As he indicated, this was not his preference. He did not want to give it to Netanyahu. Uh, You know, there's great tension between them. And... um, they, uh, he, he had to look at and, and meet with each party, right. and in as much as no one else came had a higher number, he had to give it to the charge to Netanyahu. But he's saying now that he would only do one. You remember in the past years, you had a renewal and an right. extension, and they could go to somebody else. And right. he's saying, no, he's only going to do one, then he's going to give it back to the Knesset. Um, so Netanyahu has uh, literally a few weeks to try and see if he can cobble together uh, some sort of an agreement. The problem is that his credibility with some of the partners, if he's talking about, you know, rotational government or shared responsibilities, they don't necessarily trust his word based on some of the past experience, of, most recently with guns. A very diplomatic way of putting that. Yeah. And, uh, but on the other hand, I think most people recognize that he is the most experienced and uh, Somebody, you know, has a proven record in what he did with the with COVID. Certainly, it stands out in the world as a remarkable achievement. And uh, the fact that the economy is, is surviving, it, it took a heavy hit. The, the, the deficit will increase uh, significantly, but uh, they've continued to, to move ahead, and, and especially with the high tech and other areas that people thought could be, would be impacted. Uh, so he has a lot of assets that he comes into this with, but also the alienation of a lot of these people, most of whom came from his party, Bennett, you know, Saar, others. Uh, So whether he can really uh, put together a group and would have Ram in the coalition but not in the government, you know, this is the Mm -hmm. Islamist party, it seems to me a stretch to believe that uh, that that would happen. But the leader of Ram made some conciliatory speeches, and people think that this could be a radical shift in, in the area and in the relationship, but that has yet to be proven. So there's, there's, um, it's a tight rope uh, act right now, and he, he, he may yet pull it off. I don't, I wouldn't dismiss it. He doesn't want to go to another election, and there's talk. You know, they would offer him the presidency with immunity, but experts there tell me that that, that is not likely. Uh, but I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, he basically has told Shavuos, um on the timeline to try to form this government. The way these things usually work in Israel, 
we, we probably won't have any real indication about the possibilities of anybody seriously joining with him for at least four or five weeks, right? Because if they're going to do it, they're probably going to wait till the very end to, you know, for, for the deadline to make a deal like that, correct? Yeah, I think it would be the lower end of that time span, but yes, and, and they're going to, you know, leverage it because when, as desperation, you, you make more concessions, right. uh, as we see in regard to Iran, that the... Um, right. um, but you're right. It's not going to be. It's not going to be something that yeah, we, ten days, a couple, yeah. two weeks. That, we we um, won't hear any news for a while. Let's put it that way. And and, and the press. Well, you may hear news because you know parties could switch or parties could say you know they were because positioning themselves. Right, but that's just you know posturing in public, right? We don't. It doesn't really mean that they in the end might actually have an accord, right? Um, the um, what was I just going to ask? So so oh, yeah, and the presidency thing is is intriguing because. Uh, not that you, not that I'm asking you to psychoanalyze him, but is it simply his ego that prevents him from doing what I think would be naturally phenomenal for him? Because as president of Israel, he would still be an international celebrity. He'd use the role completely differently, I believe, than than any previous president as a figurehead has. He'd still have this international presence. Obviously, the court and and legal stuff would be over with. Is it is it only an ego thing that keeps him going uh, with the desire to to maintain his position as prime minister? Well, when I asked when I asked this question, um, first of all, most of the media people dismiss dismiss the prospect. But and there are other people who want to be president who are not going to be happy if they make the deal. Uh, it would give him continue to give him a free house and a, a platform, as you said. Right. But it's not the same thing, and people feel it would be humiliation for the prime minister then to have somebody else really running the government, and they are really a side act. Although Rivlin was an activist president, yeah. so was Shimon Peres, um, as opposed to others who, who were more the figurehead. And I think, this. and I think BB comes in with even more than they had at that at that point. That, that's true, but they're not. But he's not a decision maker. He's not going to the Knesset with legislation. He's not going to be able to make decisions with foreign leaders, and and that will be very frustrating for somebody who is the longest serving prime minister in Israel's history. Right. So he can't go and, uh, and 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 talk about policy regarding Iran. It just wouldn't be appropriate because that would be the prime minister or defense minister's role. So right. It, it, would just, it would just be wrong to do that. Even he if, could even have if, discussions, but right. he can't do anything about it, and he can't and no prime minister negotiate on it. Right, and no prime minister is going to say, do us a favor, you know, get out there in the media and do X, Y, and Z. I mean, there'll never right. be that type of cooperation, right? <laughs> of no. course not. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Round the world of web at NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. What do you make of uh, what, what seemed over Yuntiv? I don't know how many of our listeners realized this, but it did make the news. Uh, what, what do you make of the fact that it, it looked like uh, there was a leniency that was instituted on Harabayat on the Temple Mount regarding tefillah, regarding open prayer by Jews on the Temple Mount? Was that a, a temporary thing, or is this a new trend? Well, there have been repeated attempts to do it. It's too early to tell whether this will be uh, something that will be honored. I mean, certainly it is, you know, incomprehensible that Jews can't utter a prayer when they go on and get subject to arrest if you do. But any idea why this time nobody stopped no. them? It's so it's so interesting. And there was a minion, by the way. It's not just somebody prayed, you know, individually. They actually, you know, they demonstrated that they were praying publicly, and, and, and apparently nobody said a word. And I wonder if this is something that's going to continue or something that was just isolated. Uh, for the Pesach holiday. Um, 
What can you tell us about these uh, PA payments? The United States government, uh, or at least some members of the United States government, are taking pride that certain uh, financial aid, and you'll explain what that aid really is in a minute, I'm sure, um, that was stopped during the Trump administration has been restarted. What's the uh, situation with that now? Okay, so there are various aspects uh, of it. First of all, you have the aid to UNRWA, restoring the U.S. membership, which President Trump had cut off. UNRWA is a U.N. agency, Relief Works agency, supposedly created for Palestinian refugees. And by the biggest estimate, there were 200,000 left. Some official studies say maybe 30,000. And you have more than 30,000 employees of UNRWA servicing them and billions of dollars. And too often, UNRWA has been complicit in, uh, for instance, the curricula that is viciously anti-Israel and anti-Semitic, and in activities that were seen as being supportive of, of in ways of terrorism. So the the uh, withdrawal was something that Israel, obviously, and many others uh, welcomed, and we have been pushing for reform, for, for cutting off aid until they do change, because they make all sorts of promises. And we've met with Secretaries General of the U.N. consistently about it, and they say, look, it's an independent agency, but we're trying, we're pressuring. And the bottom line was that there was never any change. And you know that UNRWA schools have been have been storage places for rockets and all sorts of other activities. So that's one level. The second level is the re, uh, resumption of certain aid that was approved by the Trump administration already. And the question is, does it violate the Taylor Force Act because pay to slay remains the policy of the Palestinian Authority? So you have various payments of $15 million, $75 million. It, total, it comes to about 100 and I think $15 million or, or a little over $100 million. Uh, and I'm sure Congress is going to, to want to review this and inspect exactly where the money, how, what guarantees we have that it will be used for the purposes for which it was uh, given. And it can't be given to the PA. The argument that the government is using is that this is money, for instance, for uh, hospitals, the Augusta Victoria and the uh, other hospitals in East Jerusalem. That is something every administration has supported. Israel has not objected to it. Uh, in fact, I think it supports that, too. Uh, so that they have these medical services. That's $75 million. And much of that money goes through Catholic charities or other uh, institutions, you know, vehicles. It doesn't go to the PA itself. And uh, so those things all need to be clarified exactly how much, but the administration has moved quickly to restore the assistance and that also for security cooperation and um uh, you know, there obviously are objections being raised by Israel, uh, but whether this is a violation and the PA, the, the reason why we cut aid to PA because they refused to reduce the, the or, or stop the payments directly to terrorists, quite the contrary. We know that they're finally constantly trying to find ways to finagle around it, but they're still paying uh, directly to the terrorists or their families, and it, it seems to be an increasing amount. Another way for the president of the United States to show that he's not Donald Trump, huh? <laughs> well, he, he, he's moved on yeah, a number of fronts. This is one of them. Uh, the question what priority the Middle East will have in this administration is still not clear. I mean, the uh, Iran, as you the, know, the PA is moving towards an election. Uh, Abbas is actually, I think, in Germany getting medical treatment right now. But, the, uh, you know, the, he, they refused to call from Blinken because they, they would only talk to, to Biden. Right. 
the election there is moving in so far. The Hamas has submitted their list. We haven't seen, <clears throat> I haven't seen the list at uh, Abbas, but they submitted a list as well. Whether the election will actually take place or not is always in, in question. It's officially next month, right? In May. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are the what what's the current situation regarding travel in and out of Israel? Um, a month from now, and I'm not only asking for selfish purposes. I mean, we've announced that we're trying to actually do some broadcasts from Israel toward the end of May. So th- we do have a, a a you know a personal interest here. But a month from now, do you think there will be open travel? Maybe with a requirement to prove that one is vaccinated. You think there'll be open travel U.S. to Israel? Frankly, I can't. I can't uh, understand day to day what the restrictions. <laughs> and they they did lift, as you know, for first degree relatives, for people who have kids serving in the army, right. for special uh, things. And, I've gotten and students. so many calls about it, and and it's uh, it's on people because they file all these papers and they do all the work, including people going on Aliyah, who've had uh, bureaucratic problems because the the consulates are only working part time. They're on shifts because of COVID. And because they didn't have clarity about what the law is. So this week there was a change. They do seem to be, uh, they will be allowing them, but there was like an eight-page memo on it that nobody could understand really. (laughs) And and the the officials themselves were telling me, we don't understand it. So they were waiting for clarity about what what would be entailed. I do think that by Shavuos people will be able to to begin to travel or, you know, they're talking about... um, group travel, they're talking about other conditions um, that that could be imposed, but it all depends on what the the COVID uh, progress is. Right now it's good, and uh, they're heading towards herd immunity. It's it's remarkable, but the, um, uh, you know, in the region itself, it's it's not great. Many countries are still, are getting worse, including European countries. Uh, People still should exercise caution and care in this regard. I do think that uh, eventually they will have some sort of a document that will enable uh, people to show that they were inoculated or their tests, whatever. Uh, so it's still unclear. I understand people's frustration with this. Oh, me. yes. And, uh, but, I, but I do think, for certainly for an individual to go, I think that, that will be possible before too long. Prince Philip died a few hours ago. Did you ever meet him? Uh, I met him once. Cool. Um, I didn't talk to him or anything because he, he didn't. He wasn't allowed to talk. I think, but the queen, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the he, he was always at the side of the queen, right. and um, you know. All right, sounds like you can call him a friend, which is great. I would not call. No, <laughs> no I wouldn't say that. And, uh, no, I'm kidding uh, around. I would call him sir or your Majesty because pe- pe- but, people but, people tend to ask me was he was he or she depending on who passed away a friend of Israel and I said in his case I don't think anybody can make any evaluation about that like he never I don't think he made any public statements about anything am I right like but, right but remember that that his family are the ones we I talked about right. who were buried on Harris eighteen right and who was who saved Jews during uh, World one family in Greece during World War two right. his sister. So there is some connection. No question about it. Can you explain the rift in the Jordanian royal family? Uh, yes, jealousy. Um, is it still going on? Well, um, 
you used the right word because most people talk about rebellion and other things. There were no troops moved. There were no tanks around the um, the presidential palace. So it was not a coup. Uh, it was uh, some sort of a rift where, as you know, the the, the king, uh, the current king, had a half brother, right. and who was the son of the king, but a different mother from Queen Noor, and she. Um, uh, and he was the crown prince, but but the king, as his father did, because it was his brother who was next in line to be king after him, uh, King Hussein's brother, uh, and he instead chose his son, Abdullah, who's now the king, and Abdullah chose his son to be the crown prince and relegated the other one to you know, his royal duties, which were... Uh, but he had many discussions. He didn't engage in any, it doesn't appear that he engaged in any real conspiracies or anything, and he did pledge fealty to the king and rapidly moved to, to quell this. Uh, but it showed the king is very sensitive to this stuff, and, and rightfully so, because you have a lot of factions that want to overthrow him in, in Jordan, and, you know, the, his wife is Palestinian. That becomes an issue uh, among some of the Bedouin tribes and the Bedouins versus the Palestinian population, uh, let alone all of those like Iran that are trying to undermine uh, the government. It did call attention to Jordan, which gets very little notice, right. and the significance of the country, even though it doesn't have natural resources or a great economy or other things, but it is strategically very important because it is still a buffer between Iran and Israel, Iraq and Israel, uh, and uh, absent the king and, and his position, uh, you would bring troops right up to Israel's uh, border. And I assume that a, a more stable royal palace in Jordan is simply better for Israel, I would guess, right? Absolutely, but I think that they, they proved that, that stable, that the troops were loyal to him, the army was loyal to him, and once, as long as the army is loyal, to, he will be safe. But it tells you that it's a very delicate situation. Uh, look, this, these kind of palace intrigues go on in all the countries. It's Saudi Arabia. We have the princes who don't like um, MBS. And you have it in, in many of these countries. Uh, and there are so many volumes, both historical and uh, novels, about palace intrigue. And this this is a case of it. But... They caught it, and I think it was a preemptive move before anything really took place. And I don't think it was meant to be an overthrow. I think it was meant to influence and to raise concerns about the status of democracy, et cetera. Interesting. Um, uh, the Israeli, yesterday was Yom HaShoah. I mean, today, you know, generally, it's the 27th of Nisan observed yesterday because of the proximity to Shabbos this year. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you saw that the NBA player from Israel, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty amazing. And the influence one can have when they have a stage like that is incredible. And to hear the announcers talk about the fact that Yiskar is on his sneaker because today's Yom HaShoah. And by the way, you know what else it did for me seeing that? I'm always thinking that, you know, your generation, my generation, et cetera, you know, we have this connection, obviously, closer in time and and, and growing up. Obviously, Yom HaShoah had a very, had a more, uh, you know, we knew more people who were who were involved, could tell stories, lived through it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you wonder, can the 20-year-olds living in Israel relate to that? And this kid, as a leader, at the age of 20, 21, whatever he is, he went ahead and and understood the importance and the important role that he had to be able to make a statement like this. And I think that's really encouraging when you see people in that generation take a, take that role upon themselves. 
especially when you look at the latest studies which show that the, such a significant part of young Americans and others around the world can't identify Auschwitz, have no idea that six million Jews were killed. It's um, uh, really quite disturbing. What, what I think was remarkable this year is that there were Holocaust commemorations in Bahrain, in the right, UAE, right. and uh, both online and real right. events. I think that we should not dismiss it. This is an important acknowledgement. Something we've, we've worked with the Muslim World League, who um, Muhammad Alisa, who, who was really courageous in leading some of this long ago, and the King of Morocco, who instituted Holocaust education in this school system. Right. But we see that now in the Arab world, this greater, or in these countries at least, uh, recognition of the importance of, of studying the Shoah and the and remember Yom Shoah Bagvura that we remember right. also the heroes right. Remembrance Day aspect of it. I think what the basketball player did and also he wore a black T-shirt, right, which uh, you know was a sign of mourning. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was incredibly important, especially for young people. And the, and as you said that the announcer who must have been Jewish because he talked about Yom HaShoah (laughs) sounded very uh, comfortable with the expression. He did a very good job. Denny Avdia. Denny Avdia is the the player, and he is, believe it or not, just 20 years old. Now, uh, and and his mother is Jewish, so yes, he does have a Jewish mother, and he's really Jewish, folks. Uh, um, The reason I brought up Yom HaShoah, frankly, though, was not just to discuss the Washington Wizards. It was an opportunity for the prime minister to give a pretty stern warning about an Iran deal. Obviously, Yom HaShoah uh, makes us think about what's going on today and those who who openly tell us that they want to annihilate Jews, and Iran is a number one on that list, obviously. I, I mean, is there going to be a showdown? Y- you remember, Netanyahu Obama was a real public showdown, I think you'd agree, when it came to the Iran deal and one tried to one-up the other and you had two pretty intelligent leaders going at it. Is there going to be a Netanyahu-Biden showdown on this issue? Uh, I Certainly there's an escalation already in the rhetoric and coming in the political context in Israel also uh, heightens the, um, let's say, the sensitivity and the uh, maybe the rhetoric. But for Israel, this is such a vital issue. It's a life-and-death issue when it comes to Iran, because Iran continues all of its activities, and now they're talking about a second deal that would uh, that they would only deal with the nuclear part, and then there would be a second agreement that would deal with their activities in the region and their, the, the ballistic missiles and all the other threatening things. And, and it's not just Israel. This is as great a threat to, to many of the Arab states, uh, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, UAE, right. and other, others. And they get that. It is, and and it's forcing, and they're, it's, it, this is bringing them closer to Israel yep, yep. as they see America, number one, with, with, with withdrawing some of our military presence. We, we, we took out the batteries, the um, Patriot-like batteries, anti-aircraft from Saudi Arabia, because they said they were afraid they're going to be hit by the Houthis. That doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> uh, we also have withdrawn our aircraft carriers we, we've placed down. And regardless of what the intent is, and they're moving and clearly the focus of the administration will be on the Indo-Pacific, China primarily. But the um, uh, for the countries in the region see America withdraw from, from this engagement at a time when Iran is doing more, and China with a road and belt in, in, in uh, extending to uh, Iran and signing a $400 billion deal, and um, et cetera. I mean, that isn't as economically important as it is politically significant. 
uh, and the talks in Vienna and the, and the constant talk that the concessions will be made and Iran is demanding concessions first. And we see the United States seeming to move to a softer position. So far, it hasn't happened. And we'll have to see. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the, there's an escalation in tension with the hits on the Israeli ship. A week two weeks ago, and right. now on the Savas, uh, this Iranian IRGC spy ship that was hit by a limpid ma- uh, mine in uh, off the coast of Yemen in the Red Sea. Uh, so we are seeing escalations in in that. And while the IEA, International Atomic Energy Agency, is saying that they've just started a fourth cascade of centrifuges, IR2 centrifuges, they they are moving ahead on their nuclear program. They're saying we're not going to dismantle what we have. Uh, he said, maybe if we reach an agreement, we will go back somewhat. If we don't put clear markers down, and if we don't really demand performance first, we will get nothing. They're never going to get to a second deal. They're not going to um, uh, withdraw all the, the Russians. And the Russians and Chinese are, are ready to move in wherever we create a vacuum. And it sounds like a vacuum is being created, certainly in the perception of the countries in the region, when our aircraft carriers are moved to other areas. It doesn't mean we don't have the capacity. We still have tens of thousands of troops in the Gulf. Right. And you don't need big numbers. I understand that. To uh, You know, you see a thousand Americans in Syria made a big difference. But but the perception is what concerns me. And if these countries see that they, or don't feel that they can rely on the United States, they will turn, I think, to Israel, but they'll also turn to others. And, you know, India just opened uh, a new base in the Gulf of Oman, because when China is, there you are. Um, but it also has to do with trade. It has to do with the energy. It has to do with, I mean, it's such a complicated and complex picture. <clears throat> and if we go into this deal, because the Europeans really want a deal, everybody wants to, to, to show that they're, they're going to show that they're doing something different, and they're going to reverse, because you have a lot of people in this administration who were the originators of the JCPOA. So if they talked the extension, they wanted it longer and stronger. That was the terms the administration representatives used. Well, let's see whether it's going to be longer and a stronger restriction, whether they'll really be able to put the, uh, reverse some of these actions. But we see in Natanz and Fordo and all these places where they were supposed to have dismantled, they didn't, and they're moving ahead on their nuclear, on the ballistic, and the weaponization programs. I'll save the uh, Randy Weingarten question for next week, uh, primarily because I need the weekend just to try to figure out exactly what she said and how it possibly makes sense. <laughs> so I'll ask you about it that. It doesn't make any sense. It makes yeah. no sense. I don't even follow the logic that she's right. that she's presenting, but I'll ask you about that uh, next week. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and thanks so much for joining hey, us. Great Shabbos. Be Malcolm well. Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us Friday's weekly update here. At JM in the AM. Friday morning on this 9th of April, 27th of Nissan, three weeks away from our Lagba Omer Extravaganza, brought to you by Mizrahi, RZA, Religious Zionists of America. That happens three weeks from today. A uh, Listen to this, get ready, a five-hour JM in the AM, featuring an incredible musical performance by Avram Rosenblum, star of Diaspora with the Diasperados. It's all happening between 6 and 11 a.m. three weeks from today. If you're in Israel, it's happening between 1 and 6 p.m. on Lagba Omer Day. Join us for a great musical celebration, a wonderful way to spend Lagba Omer. Details as we get closer, obviously, but it's three weeks from today, our big Lagba Omer celebration right here at JM 
in the AM. Uh, this time each every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Shmini. According to the Chinuch, Parsha Shmini contains 17 mitzvos, 6 positive mitzvos, and 11 restrictions. You find the second half of Parsha Shmini provides us with many of the detailed laws of what we call kashrus, kosher animals, fish, birds, insects. Let's understand very clearly that you can see it in the psukim itself at the end of the long chapter 11 in this week's parasha the Torah tells us the Torah says very clearly that by ingesting that which is not kosher, one defiles their soul. Just as we can understand and appreciate that we need carbohydrates, protein, food, in order to nourish our bodies, so too do we need kosher food to nourish our souls, be it that the nature of the animals that we are permitted to ingest and to eat are those animals which are not carnivorous, don't eat other animals, only eat vegetation. So yes, to a great extent, the, we are what we eat, and that which we eat has an effect upon our nature and character. And part of the refinement of our character comes from the fact that we do eat kosher food. And therefore, you find again and again, wherever you find kashrus, ani Hashem elokeichem v'iskadishtem v'hisem kedoshim v'losetamuus nafshoseichem This theme again and again of sanctifying ourselves through that which we eat as well as the concept of the uh, elevating the special neshama, the special soul that we have. At the beginning of the parasha, the very name Shmini, which is literally the eighth day, the eighth day meaning that it's following the seven days of preparation that we found at the end of Parshas Tzav, and after the seven days comes tara tara, literally the day that Hashem moved in. He, the Shekhinah, became our Shochein, became our neighbor. God literally brought His presence down to this world. And as we find in the parsha, the Torah tells us at the very end of chapter 9, Pasuk 24, a fire came down, not a little match, did you see it, did you see it? 
they saw the fire coming down, and it consumed that which was on the altar, the Ola, the Chalavim, and all the people saw, and they called out in song, and they fell upon their faces. They experienced this just as they had experienced at Sinai prophecy and heard the revelation of God to the Jewish people. That's what we find in the opening part of Parshas Shmini, the Korbanos that are prepared for this special day, the Birkas Kohanim, which takes place, and ultimately the actual moving in of Hashem's presence into the community. I'd like to point out a fascinating idea of the Be'er Yosef on the very first Pasuk, which tells us that on the eighth day, Moshe called Aaron and his sons and Zikne Yisrael, the elders. And the question is that Aaron Uvanov are necessary they are the ones officiating in the Mishkan, the sanctuary. What are the Zakanim doing here? What are the elders for? It's almost like there's a dais where the elders are sitting and they are in the background. But why are they there? Just for a nice picture? So Rashi says, wait a minute. They're there, and he quotes the Tanhuma Lashmi'am to inform them that they should know Moshe is not in the form of nepotism, showing favor to his brother and nephews and choosing them to be the Kohanim, but rather this comes from God. But asks the Be'er Yosef, if you look in the previous Sedra of Tzav, in describing the seven days of Miluim in chapter 8, Pasuk 5, Rashi tells us that this exact idea is communicated in that verse. So why would we need again the idea of Moshe teaching the elders that this is being done al pi So he suggests a very sharp answer as to why the elders are there. And he says, take a look at the offerings that Aaron is to bring as an individual and that which is brought on behalf of the Jewish people. Aaron brings as an individual the chait of the, the, excuse me, an egel, a calf, as one of his offerings. Of course, even though he tried to dissuade, still there was some involvement in the sin of the golden calf, and therefore Aaron has to bring an egel, a calf, for atonement. The Jewish people, however, according to the Sifra, and the language of the Sifra is that the Jewish people, Atem, yesh b'yetchem b'tchilo v'yeshbiyetchem b'sof. The Jewish people, before we go further, we have to clean up old business, and the old business is tchilo, a seir izim that they have to bring, a korban of a goat, because of that which they slaughtered and they dipped Yosef's coat, the brothers, after they sold Yosef to try to cover up the sin of the sale of Yosef. They dip the 
coat of many colors into the blood of the goat. And the uh, Torah tells us that therefore, says the Ber Yosef, and says the Sifra, they had to bring first a korban of a seir izim, and then they bring an egel, a calf, for their involvement in the sin of the golden calf. Says the Be'er Yosef, Rav Yosef Salant, very sharp, that the common denominator between the sin of the sale of Yosef and the sin of the golden calf is that in both cases the Jewish people acted without consulting their leaders. When it comes to the sale of Yosef, the brothers were convinced that Yosef was a rodave. Yosef was pursuing them. Yosef was separating them from their father. And as Avraham got rid of Yishmael, and as Yitzchak got rid of Esav, so too they were afraid Yaakov would keep Yosef and get rid of them. And therefore, someone who's coming to, in this case here, literally kill you and take you away from Hashkem go. Let's get rid of Yosef. Were they right? No. But what should they have done? They should have consulted with Yitzchak. Not Yaakov, who was prejudiced, but they should have consulted with Yitzchak. He was alive at the time. They should have consulted with the Bezden of Shem Ve'ever. They did not. They rejected their leadership. And when it came to the sin of the golden calf, again, they didn't actually believe and want to believe that it was the calf that took them out of Egypt. But they were looking for some kind of a representation, which indeed the Mishkan served in that purpose of God's presence. But once again, they rejected authority. They didn't listen to Aaron. They didn't listen to Chor. They killed Chor when he tried to stop them. So the sin of both the sale of Yosef and the golden calf was a sin of the rejection of authority. And that's why Moshe brings into the picture on opening day the the Zakanim, that they're not there just for a nice picture sitting at the dais. They're there to remind the Jewish people, as Rabbi Akiva says, that the Jewish people are compared to a bird. And just as the bird cannot fly without its wings, the Jewish people cannot survive and progress without their leadership. I say how fortunate we have been during this pandemic to have, thank God, rabbinic leadership that have been able to guide us in the very difficult challenges of how to get together, is this okay for a minion, what to pray, all the different questions that we've had in the pandemic. But I take this opportunity as well, while we still have Tam Matzo Befiv, the taste of matzo in our mouth, to remind ourselves of the incredible Mesiras Nefesh, literally, of Jews in the Shoah who tried their darnest to, under the most difficult of conditions, to have matzah and when they could, and when they couldn't, to say especially Ratzon that Hashem know, K-N-O-W, that we want to eat matzah and that before we eat the chametz on Pesach, we say the Ratzon that you are fulfilling the mitzvah of Vachai Bohem, 
as the Torah says in Parshas Acharimos, that we are to live with Torah and therefore not die as a result of it. And then, and only then, did they eat the chametz on Pesach. Those that did have to eat, etc. I want to point out how there are volumes of chuvos of the late Rabbi Ephraim Ashri, who uh, later came to the United States and became a rub on the east side, the Shalis and Shuvos Mimamakim, the late Rev Tzvi Hirsch Meisels, who wrote Shalos and Shuvos Mekadshe Hashem, that amazing, even on the most difficult of conditions, they asked questions. I want to share with you a story that Rev Ephraim Waxman Shlita said in the name of the late Rev Yaakov Galinsky Zatzal, the story is so powerful. Once again, while we still have Tam Matzah B'fiv, listen to this story. A teen was taken to Auschwitz, and in the bunk above him was a Hasidic Rebbe's Enochel, grandson, who gave him a tremendous amount of chizuk, of inspiration, of continuing wanting to live. He told this boy that in a week from now it would be Pesach. So we have to do something in terms of trying our best to get some matzah. In the storage they found some grain. They made some flour and they were able to make two kezesim of matzah. The boy hid it under his sleeve and tried to sneak it back into the camp. The Nazi, Yemach Shemo, saw the bump, smashed it with his boot. And the boy remembers seeing some crumbs on the floor that he tried to gather, and then he was kicked in the head, lost consciousness. But Listen carefully. He was able to grab a few crumbs before he passed out, not realizing it. Now, watch this. When he came through, he found that amazing they had but one Kazayas. And now he said, this is mine. I will be able to eat a Kezayis Matzah on the night of Pesach. And the Hasidic Shabachar said to him, Give me the Matzah and I will give you my Schar in Olam Haba in exchange for the Matzah. The reward for this Matzah I'll give to you. Give me the Matzah. I'll say the Haggadah for you by heart. I'll say Shira Shirim for you by heart. But give me the matzah, you get the schar. And indeed, that's what happened. He gave the matzah to the Hasidish boy. They had a deal. The next day, the Nazis marched them to work. The Hasidish Bachar said the bracha of Halil on the march, and he was so exalted by the recitation of Hallel, that he jumped in the Hallel. 
and by getting out of line, a Nazi saw this and shot him on the spot. Unbelievable. 30 years later, in the 1970s, the survivor, this man, had a dream. And in his dream, the Hasidic young man came back to him, the one who ate the matzah, but the one who had no schar for the matzah. And he said, please, I beg of you, I want you to go back on the deal. I want you to give me the schar for eating the matzah. Unbelievable. What did this gentleman do? He went to Rav Unger in B'nai Brak. And Rav Unger said, I can't paskin this shaila. You must go to the Mach Nakova Rebbe. And the Mach Nakova Rebbe told him that Yashrus dictates that you should be Mavater. Yashrus dictates that you should give in. Give him the schar for the eating of matzah. After all, you're still in this world. You can daven. You can learn. You can do chesed. You have to be mevater. Believe shalem. He said, okay, I'm mevater. No, 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 said the Rebbe to him. The Rebbe gave him the keys to the shul. Go in and lock the door and open the Oren Kodesh. And there in front of the Oren Kodesh, you are to repeat the entire thing as you remember so clearly how you made the matzah, how he was beaten, and how he gave it to you, and how very simply you promised him that he gets your reward. But now that he's coming and asking for it, you are mevater and give him back. And the man was so drained by doing this, he collapsed, he fell asleep, and the bachor came back and thanked him in a dream. Unbelievable. What do we see from this story? We see so much. Number one, we don't realize this Hasidish Abachar, who died literally during the recitation of Halil. But look, and look, we can only imagine where he is in Olam Abba. Still, he wants the schar and needs the schar of that mitzvah. We don't realize how each mitzvah is literally a diamond. Too many people observe mitzvos because, after all, it's a nice custom, it's a nice idea. If we only realized that a mitzvah is literally that which is a personal communication with Hashem. Hashem, Asher Kitshonu B'mitzvosav V'tzivonu. You commanded me. I have a personal relationship with you. You, Hashem, asked me to eat the matzah, and I fulfill your 
desire, command of me to eat the matzah. This is what and how precious each and every mitzvah is. And I pray that we can learn from this story to not only continue in good health to perform mitzvos, but to realize the gems, the diamonds, for these are, after all, what we came in in this world to do, and after all is said and done, this is the only thing that we take with us. Shabbat Shalom to all.
J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning, 12th day in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. One week, five days. Erev Shabbos, Parsha Shemini with candlelighting at 7.09. Number Shlomo Simcha with Huel Okeinu. Uh, well, Ben Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh ER is Monday and Tuesday. Monday and Tuesday, a two-day Rosh Chodesh. Keep that in mind. By the way, the Mizrahi, Apoela Mizrahi of the Lower East Side has uh, announced that their Yom Atzmut celebration, which, uh, as you know, is one that I am very happy to announce each year and encourage people to come. Uh, this year it's going to be done via Zoom. You're invited to the 73rd birthday celebration of the State of Israel Wednesday night, April the 14th. At 8 p.m., guest speaker by Ellie Deutsch, live from Israel. Um, those who would like to join the Mizrahi, the event is being coordinated by uh, Malki Senensky. The Nasi of the Mizrahi is Ephraim Arf. And um, I guess the best thing to do would be to email the Mizrahi and they'll send you the Zoom link. And if you want to be a sponsor, there's a way to do that as well. Uh, Mizrahi.les at gmail.com. Mizrahi.les at gmail.com. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. You know it. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954, available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. I will be uh, loading up on A&H later today at Aaron's Casino Farms in Queens. If you want to meet up at Aaron's today, uh, what time will I be there? I'm estimating around 2-ish. Yeah, it should be about 2 o'clock. I don't know. You never know exactly. Our friends at Partners in Torah want to remind you that they are an amazing way. Uh, they have an amazing way uh, for you to uh, inspire, educate, and change the life of somebody who wants to know more about our tradition and heritage. All you got to do is study with them for uh, an hour a week. Simple as that. And it's much easier than you think. Go to partnersintorah.org, partnersintorah.org, or 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY-42 for details. Again, it can be a life-changing experience for you and for the partner. Uh, partnersintorah.org, and again, 1-800-STUDY, the number four, and then the number two. Our friends at shopeichlers.com have their big sale happening. Woo! This is quite a sale. They estimate that they have 25,000 Yiddish and Sfarim titles at shopeichlers.com. That's the estimate. Could be the largest in the world. Probably is the largest in the world. Uh, and right now, 10% off across the board. During Sfarim week at shopbyclothes.com, 10% off across the board, all Sfarim, all Yiddish titles. And take advantage of their same-day delivery, by the way. If you live in Borough Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights, Staten Island, Queens, Five Towns, Far Rockaway, Muncie, Monroe, Teaneck, Lakewood, Toms River, Jackson, New Jersey, take advantage of shopbyclothes.com's same-day delivery. I don't know anybody else who offers that kind of service. Check it out today, shopbyclothes.com. Take advantage of Sfarim week, 10% off right now in all Yiddish and the Sfarim titles. It's Erev Shabbos, Parsha Shmini. Pirkei Avos begins tomorrow. Pirkei Avos begins tomorrow. The last time I looked at artscroll.com, by the way, <laughs> I could not believe how many Pirkei Avos they have. 
I wonder what happens if you search the word avos. Let's see what happens here. Pirke avos. Oh, it made me search Pirke avos even better. Wow, 37 different uh, Pirke avos. Wow, and some of them are big uh, sets. Really cool. Uh, Rabbi Zlotowicz's Pirke avos. Sforno on Pirke avos. Rabbi Yitzi Erp's Pirke avos. Children's Pirke Avos, Maharal Pirke Avos. Oh, this is great. Uh, <laughs> Ruachayim Pirke Avos, Rav Palm Pirke Avos, uh, Pirke Shalom on Pirke Avos, Avos Durovnos, oh, I guess would not be, that, that got into that search uh, incorrectly. Schottenstein uh, Interlinear Pirke Avos, uh, Rabbi Wine Pirke Avos, Rabbi Weinrib Pirke Avos, Rabbi Avi Gold Children's Pirkei Avos, or actually Illustrated Youth Pirkei Avos, we'll put it that way. Um, Misilas Hamar Shah Pirkei Avos, that's written by Rabbi Eliezer, uh, uh, Grin, uh, Rabbi Eliezer Ginsburg. Um, the Pirkei Avos Treasury, it's a beautiful gift edition. Rav Lau on Pirkei Avos, three volumes. Sfas MS Pirkei Avos, this is crazy. Rabbi Tversky on Pirkei Avos. Uh, what else do we have here? Wow. A lot of Pirke Avos. Anyway, go to artscroll.com. No matter what you order at artscroll.com, always use promo code radio for your discount and for your free shipping. Go to artscroll.com. Always use promo code radio for your, what is it again? For your, <laughs> for your big discount. And for your free shipping. There you go. Ah, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. Well, the big news is that Mizrahi RZA is sponsoring our big Lagba Omer musical, Extravaganza. You know when it's happening? It's happening uh, three weeks from today on Lagba Omer. A five-hour, no joke, a five-hour Musical extravaganza, Avram Rosenblum, Diasporados. It's going to be quite a morning. Five hours for you to watch, to listen, and enjoy. A real musical extravaganza for Lagba Omer. Thank you to Mizrahi RZA, Religious Zionists of America, for sponsoring it. They have a really big month coming up, which we'll be talking about. And uh, and there you have it. Here's Shlomo Kalbach at JM in the end.
Shlomo Kalbach, Shuvah Hashem here at JM in the AM. Time to say good Shabbos. Erev Shabbos Parsha Shmini. Candle lighting in New York, 709. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Rosh Chodesh ER is Monday and Tuesday. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM in the AM. The sun is going down It's shining through the trees Another week's gone by Become a memory So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Go on home and find a gift It's waiting there for you Time to say good Shabbos Cause all your work is done We're Gonna spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine Man and his creator, it's a very special sign your candles will be burning They'll fill your home with light Singing songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Ach, 
brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network. And of course, the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing day and a great week here at JM in the AM. Thanks so much for joining us. Coming up at 10 a.m., it's uh, Mark Zamek, Erev Shabbos Parsha Shmini Show. Thank you to the wonderful people at Kedem for sponsoring that show and our Erev Shabbos music mix all the way until candlelighting time. Final hour coming up at about 6 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Make sure to enjoy that. And uh, thanks to Mizrahi, RZA, Religious Zionists of America. They are sponsoring three weeks from today our big live music extravaganza. It's going to be a five-hour extravaganza. That was the big announcement today. And we are getting set for an amazing Lagba Omer celebration. Matis, Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, live with JM Sunday. I've run me tomorrow night. Thanks so much for tuning in. I will speak to you Monday. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend. Till then, Nahum Single reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.